WGR Sports Radio 550 presents. We got at Nate Geary Sports. And uh, Nate says, Merry Christmas to everyone except for Tom Brady, who is probably watching his own documentary with his family this morning. Sports Talk Saturday. We were watching the highlights of last year's Super Bowl, which we won, but we weren't watching (laughs) a documentary. Does Nate actually play sports? Emotional damage on WGR. Good? Not little Jets. He died of emotional damage. Sports Radio 550. What is going on? No Nate, Derek Kramer, Zach Jones. We're hanging out with you here for Sports Talk Saturday today as uh, Nate Emotional Damage Geary is in Pittsburgh uh, because hotel rooms are not refundable. That's it. That's why he's not here. We should make him call in. I feel like that is something that we need to do. We should bully him into calling us. Don't bully people. That's not right. Welcome to Sports Talk Saturday here on WGR. And I don't know where to start. I'm I'm usually the kind of guy that I kind of go off the uh, off my cuff here and try to get things going. But there's a lot of fun things to actually talk about here, despite the fact that things aren't looking so great. The Sabres losing again last night against St. Louis, even though they looked like the better team more times than not last night. Yes, I said that. That was real. Um, and you can even... I can even have that backed up. Paul Hamilton wrote about it, of course, as he always does with every Sabres game. That's on our website at WGR550.com. In the Bills offseason, lots of intrigue, lots of questions, always going to have these sorts of things throughout the offseason, especially with this one becoming one of the most important ones yet. This is the last year of Josh Allen's rookie deal. This is the last time that they're going to have probably a better situation to adjust with their cap situation than others. Why? Because they're not going to have a quarterback contract that is well-deserved on the books. This is the last chance they've got. And now, more than ever, they need to make sure that they get things right, including in free agency, and especially in the draft. The Bills have a good history. That's the good news. Makes you feel better. Why? Because Brandon Bean has relatively done a nice job in the driver's seat of the Bills' front office. However, this is also becoming the most critical offseason because you lost to the same team that you were on and on and on about trying to beat. And they got you again. And in this time, one of the most frustrating and possibly humiliating fashions that it could happen. Because now, the Bills have a meme game. They haven't had a meme game since what? Wide right? No goal? Music City Miracle? Uh, Yeah, so probably since 99, you haven't had a meme game. You haven't had a meme loss like that. And now you do. That sucks. But you know what doesn't suck? When you start getting so popular that you get booked for consecutive days as a guest. And that is what has happened here for one Aaron Quinn of Cover One, as he and many of the Cover One staff are very popular uh, sources for Bill's opinions, Bill's thoughts, and Bill's coverage. And we have Aaron here with us here this morning on WGR on Sports Talk Saturday. Aaron, it's Derek, it's Zach, and it's you. Welcome again to the airwaves. Hey, man, I appreciate the invite. I was giving Nate a hard time because Nate's a friend of mine, (laughs) and all these times he's had me on once. I said it took you leaving for me to get an invite back onto the show, so I appreciate you, Derek, for for giving me the invite. You know what? It's it's always one of those things where – 
anytime we can dunk on Nate, it's always for the best. And he's just, and he's Absolutely. such a good sport about it that it's always fun. Uh, but yeah. Aaron, as much as I want to keep dunking on Nate, uh, we do have some things to actually cover that uh, people do mm-hmm. want to listen to. Uh, of course, being about this Bills team and what I'm thinking is it goes without saying the most important off season of this core. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, there might have been the, the important offseason of the after Josh's rookie year of getting him some semblance of talent in an offensive line to see if this was going to be the guy for you going forward, which obviously I think we now know clearly is franchise guy, one of the best in the league. So th- that was up there for me because that first year of his, it was such a hard evaluation of him, right, because he was playing behind maybe one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL probably the least skilled skill positions like Calvin Benjamin and stuff like that. So uh, to, to be able to have real players uh, now, now you're just kind of filling in holes with 17 pending free agents. You have one of the best rosters in the NFL, everybody's pick for the Super Bowl, way too early pick Vegas's pick. So there's not a ton of work to do, but you're right. It's really important work to do either bringing these free agents back or filling the holes that they're leaving. Yeah. And not to mention, some of this also has to do with you feel good about it more times than not, though, because of the track record that this front office has and that they've yeah. had for the last several seasons, which is, of course, Brandon Bean comes in. And there are a couple things that have made you scratch your head, i.e. Sure. the Vernon Butler signing yeah. and Starla Tulele's contract now looks terrible. Yeah, now that cap hit looks a little worse, uh, especially with the emergence of Oliver and Phillips really starting to dominate. I think, yeah. though, that. There's a lot more positives that you always get to see. Jordan Poyer, an all-pro safety, wasn't signed to the most expensive contract. Micah Hyde was still brought in with good value. It can go on and on and on. The Bills, how they managed to fix up the offensive line using free agency instead of the draft is one of the more interesting and curious things about this front office. And that's where I think I'm going to start here uh, more heavily, Aaron, is they do still, despite the fact that they've managed to patch things up through the open market instead of through the draft, they have another hole to fill, uh, that being primarily the right guard position. And now you look at this and you think to yourself, all right, you've got Dawkins, you've got Bates, you've got Morse, and you've got Spencer Brown. You need that last piece to fill in for the offensive line and then probably still need a lot of depth because at times that hurt them last year. Right. Yeah, it's, it's definitely an interesting one. I, what we have seen is I remember Greg and I being on a couple of years ago on our show saying like there was no way Brandon Bean could turn over an entire offensive line in an off season. And he, it's not like he got a great offensive line, but they went from one of the worst in football to a real average, if not above average unit in a single off season. So knowing that you only have to do, a, you know, maybe one starting piece and some depth pieces makes you feel a little bit better, especially with the Bills being a little tighter up against the cap. You know, they have some other spots that they're going to need to invest draft, draft capital as well. And so I think people are feeling, you know, there's a tight hold on some of these assets and how you can attain players. But some of it starts with, you know, the one shoe that has to drop on this offensive line is, is Daryl Williams willing to take a pay cut, right? We saw Mitch Morris give some money back. We've seen uh, Mario Addison give some money back in the past. Is he going to be one of those players when they approach him? Is he willing to take a pay cut? Because if he is, I think you can at least patchwork that starting five that we saw at the end of last season and say, okay, we can run that back, even though it's not perfect. I know we got excited because it was the best version of an offensive line we've seen here in Buffalo. It still wasn't probably the best offensive line you can put out there. So you, you can at least have that floor. 
back if you get bring back Daryl Williams on a pay cut. If he's not willing to take a pay cut, then you have a, a pretty big glaring need there in that interior offensive line. And, you know, it's going to be interesting to see here next month where the value is in free agency for some of those interior guys. They, they seem to be getting more expensive every single year. And so I think you probably want to address that in the draft. Um, and then you're relying on, you know, young guys to come in and fill a, a starting spot. I do believe if uh, Ryan Bates is the player that we saw in the final portion of the season, I don't know if he is. That's a real small sample size for that guy. If he is that player, I do believe you can get away with one weak link. There's really not a lot of perfect offensive lines out there. There's maybe four or five that are strong all the way, uh, you know, through all five spots. And then the rest of the league is kind of patching together average to below average guys like we have here in Buffalo with John Feliciano, Ike Bakker type guys along their offensive line. So I think you can have one weak link, but uh, you know, the shoe that's got to drop is this Daryl Williams contract. Does he take a pay cut or not? And, and that's really what your starting point. Yeah. And if he does take that pay cut, that probably answers the biggest question. And it's like, okay, maybe now we could just focus entirely on depth and maybe one competitive piece for Williams slash the long, longer term. Uh, Aaron, when it comes to, the other question here being the center of the offensive line, um, Mitch Morse. Uh, he's only got one more year, I do believe, on his contract, and he's always had those injury concerns. Um, when it comes to that, and this team was hesitant for most of this season to put Bateson until they absolutely had to because their reasoning was he was the backup center. How concerned are you about this team when it comes to making sure they're able to fill capably the depth and make sure they have a viable backup option if Feliciano, for example, doesn't want to take a pay cut as well? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's going to be a need. You need somebody that can take those snaps at backup center. They've proven over and over again that that's an important piece for Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean, at least just to have that insurance in the back of your mind. I'm not as worried about uh, Mitch Morse injuries, um, you know, as probably the fan base is. I've heard him discuss it. I know concussions are kind of one of those things that's hard to predict. Uh, you don't know how guys are going to respond after having multiple ones. So, you know, I'm not a, a brain expert, so I can't speak to that. But he seemed pretty confident when he was asked about it a couple of summers ago, if it was, a, you know, something that was going to shorten his career, or he had any concerns. He said, you know, he did the research and felt pretty confident where he was at. So that's not a concern. And I do think you know, I think people think he's a little bit older than he is. He's only 29, I believe. Mm -hmm. uh, so he's got some years left here. I'd be open to seeing them get an extension done with uh, Mitch Morris here because I, I do think he's one of the better centers in the AFC. So uh, there's no long-term plan beyond him. There's nobody in the building right now taking those snaps, getting those reps uh, in training camp. So they, I do think they have to get someone in here that can be a versatile, you know, not just be able to play center, but maybe be a swing guard because, you know, you brought up the point earlier that whether or not they bring Daryl Williams back, there's still got to be depth. So I think they need that guy that's maybe their next John Feliciano, but isn't on a bigger contract if Feliciano's not willing to take less to say. Aaron Quinn joining us here on the Western Hotline. Aaron, I think that one of the things, we'll stay on the offense as we move along here, and uh, it's always one of the hottest topics because of the fact that it is a flashier position and it helps the quarterback and the offense look good. We're talking about the wide receivers. Yep. Um, yep. I think that a lot of the big questions are, is Cole Beasley going to take a pay cut? Um, because right. you could end up saving some money there. And then after that, there's also still the longer-term viability. There's Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis. And then when you look longer-term right now at the current contract situation, it's just the two of them. 
So yeah. Isaiah McKenzie has earned himself a nice pay raise. The question will be, will he be able to get that here, or is he going to end up getting that somewhere else? And secondly, what else would you see from the wide receiver position as the Bills head towards free agency? Yeah, it's a tough position because, again, we've got to wait to see that other shoe to drop with Cole Beasley. Is he willing to take a pay cut to stay? I'm probably maybe in a little bit of a minority in that I think he still has some juice left to offer this offense, and I'd like to see him back on a pay cut. Uh, I don't know that all Bills fans feel that way, but whether or not he is, I think you're right. You have to look to the future of this room, and I'm uh, of the mindset with cornerback or wide receiver that you are constantly adding to this room in the draft. I don't think you can have enough young guys, whether or not they end up sticking on your roster or practice squad guys, you just constantly have to add to it. Passing game is so important, and how you either are able to pass or impact the pass is such an important thing in this NFL that adding to those rooms year in and year out makes sense. And in the draft specifically, and specifically a wide receiver, you know, I'm one of these guys that believes in adding people through free agency because I like proven NFL production. But we're seeing year in and year out wide receivers come into the league really all throughout the draft and add value right away to these teams. They're just so deep in the college ranks. So I would be adding every single year uh, to this room. You have Josh Allen big money contract he's here long term give him everything he needs to succeed and i don't love the idea of if cole beasley doesn't come back on a pay cut that you're maybe try to bring isaiah mckenzie back who is a limited player he's also 28 years old he's not a young pup anymore he's not a special teamer if he's not returning kicks like he's pretty limited in where you're going to be paying for and probably overpaying for and you're right there's not much besides Stephon Diggs and, and Gabe Davis. There's always going to be some nice guys in free agency. I like Byron Pringle a lot from Kansas City. I think that he would be nice. Uh, Russell Gage from Atlanta, if you could get him on a cheaper deal. like There's always going to be those guys. But I think you do need to stockpile year in and year out through the draft and try to find your Gabe Davis every couple of years. Hey, Aaron, is there any particular guy that you're seeing in the draft? I know Calvin Austin out of Memphis has been a hot name, especially going into the combine. But is there anyone else you right. are looking at? I mean, honestly, it's such a deep draft. And here's the thing. The, I'm on this camp of, depending how free agency plays out, we know Brandon Bean's going to try to fill as many of the holes on this team as we, you know, we're looking at this draft and saying cornerbacks a top need. You've got to take one in the first round. And uh, a lot of the people, we joke around with our friends, Bruce Exclusive and uh, uh, Anthony Prowska over here at Cover One, we joke around all the time that, you know, they don't take those elite athletic cornerbacks in the first round. But if they fill all these needs in free agency, I could see them going early wide receiver. One of these top wide receivers is probably going to be falling to the 20, you know, late twenties because of just the talent that's there. So I wouldn't be mad if they, a Burks happened to fall to 25 because there was a bunch of dumb GMs that let him get there. Uh, even Ole from uh, Ohio state, one of the two Ohio state guys, I would love to see fall into the bill's laps. I'm okay with you know giving that asset up at, for 25 to give Josh Allen another dynamic weapon. Outside of that, I think you know you're right. Austin would be you know that's the speed Brandon Bean was talking about in the end of the uh, year press conference, and we've seen when Brandon Bean says stuff at the end of the year press conference, he attacks those things uh, very much in the off season. And there's not a ton of crazy speed in free agency, so keep an eye out for you know the combine this week. Any of those guys that are blowing by in the 40s, keep an eye on them. They'll probably be on the Bills board. Aaron, I've got a I've got an interesting one. We haven't approached this player yet, but um, he's been a very hot topic, especially with Bills fans, based on his versatility. What about Cordell Patterson? 
see, Cordell's a tough one for me because I do think a team's going to way overpay for mm-hmm. his skill set. And he's a guy I wanted on this team a year ago uh, in free agency. I, I saw the vision that he was going to be used where, where he finally got used in Atlanta. And I, I absolutely would love if the Bills could find a way to get him here because I think he provides sort of exactly all the things we're talking about, a guy that can play some receiver and give uh, you that third, fourth option at receiver. He can be the type of running back we want to see opposite uh, Devin Singletary. I think Singletary's proven he can you know, carry the load for you and be an average to above average running back, but you need that other you know, pass catching back, a guy that can hit the home run play, and he's all those things. But I do see a GM giving him too much money, and it depends to him you know, where he's at in his career. It is interesting as fans of the Bills to finally be one of those teams where we can talk about these higher-end free agents and these names that are getting a little bit older and say, Bills are probably one of five teams where a guy would take a discount to chase a ring. That's something I haven't really been able to say in my adult life, that the top free agents, we don't have to overpay for those guys anymore. Some of them might be willing to take a little less to come here and chase a ring with Josh Allen. It feels so good to be able to say that and know that it's not like drinking some sort of crazy juice or something Aaron it feels so good to be able to hear that on the routine or like that the Bills have the seven to one odds being the Super Bowl favorites it's it's such a different era years think of all those years you would go into free agency or see a guy get cut loose in the summer and be like there's no way the Bills can get him he the only way he would come here is if he's going to get way overpaid to be you know on a mediocre team but chasing a ring is real it's not for everybody there's going to be guys that are just trying to get their money but for some of these guys, when you see, you know, on spot track, when you see these guys that are 30 plus, 33, 34 years old, and you know they probably got a year or two left of production, and you're seeing those market values, you got to think to yourself, Brandon Bean is totally selling them on, hey, I've got a contract here waiting for you that's under your market value, but if you really want to ring, we're the place to do it. And some of those guys got to be considering it. Some of those guys have to be considering it, absolutely. And it's, it's again, it's fun to be able to have that refreshing change of pace where um, – where we were a fan base that was like, don't let Mario Williams leave, please. <laughs> and, I mean, the guy was great as, as a signee here until Rex showed up. Thanks, Rex. Right. Uh, but, I, I, again, like you can get value players now, and it's so refreshing and fun to be able to hear that. Now let's get to um, the hottest button topic on Twitter, Aaron, and you know where I'm going with this. Um, the Bills have an interesting decision to make on the other first-round pick from 2017. Tremaine Edmonds. Mm. Yeah. And he is a very volatile player amongst the Bills fan base. And there's a lot of people that are willing to say, just get rid of him now. I don't care. And plenty of people that are like, no, he's a great football player. And here I am sitting on the middle on this fence like a weenie. And I'm just like, he's still on his rookie contract. I mean, one more year is not terrible. Um, Aaron, I've seen you. I wouldn't say try to defend, but you're trying to be logical about Tremaine Edmonds. So please part some wisdom amongst the Bills fan base. Yeah, this is tough. And there's a couple of our contract content contributors that are just sort of seeing, you know, Twitter's not reality, first of all. So <laughs> I, I know a lot of us spend a lot of time on Twitter and it's totally not reality because you're right. It's either one or the other. If you defend a player in any way, you totally are standing for that player and they're calling him a top five guy and, there really is middle ground. I think most people are in the middle ground where you are, Derek, where they see that he is a young player, that he has progressed. He's part of a top defense. I think that is one thing, you know, even just this off season that we all as fans need to remember is 
the season ended really terribly, right? There's no uh, nobody that's going to argue that the defense performed well in that Kansas City game. But you look at the entire season, DVOA, which is a great stat that I know uh, Aaron Schatz comes on the, the drive time show a lot, it's defense-adjusted value uh, over average. And that accounts for, you know, people always tell me, well, they played bad quarterbacks, they played bad teams. This stat accounts for that, and the Bills were still one of the top defenses in the NFL. And so Tremaine Emmons is a big part of that. He's calling plays. He's getting people lined up. He's creating havoc in ways that don't show up on stat sheets. And that's hard, I think, for a lot of people to wrap their heads around because you do see Fred Warners and uh, Darius Leonard's of the world who we're comparing him to making more splash plays, making some of those plays uh, that show up that are easy to define and quantify and say, hey, look, he's got seven interceptions or whatever amount of turnovers, and Tremaine's not getting those. And so I understand why he is such a hot topic player, and obviously the contract's coming due here. Are you going to extend him? Is he a part of your future? You know, that's a philosophical debate is how much money do you want to tie up in linebackers in today's NFL? Or do you want to get that money towards cornerbacks or defensive ends to, you know, impact the passer? And I can't answer that question for anybody. And I can't answer for Brandon Beans to what that position matters. But what I do know, uh, sort of, I believe objectively, is that Tremaine Edmonds is a really good player. And I think all the data shows that he's really on par with most of his peers. He's above average in almost every type of category. And the way we praise Matt Milano as part of this defense, but we give Tremaine Edmonds such a hard time, I think it's because of where they were drafted. First of all, in that preconceived idea of who has to be better, but they're both kind of the same player in terms of they both make some mistakes still. They're both young. They both over-pursue. They miss tackles, things like that. But they both also cover a lot of ground. They can move sideline to sideline. They're good in coverage. All those things matter to this defense and the middle of the field matters to how this defense covers, especially in zone. So I'm with you. I think a little bit more that I, I might be a little on the edge of I'm willing to extend Tremaine Edmonds now and, and have him through his prime years and have that position solidified in the middle of the defense, have the captain of your defense solidified. Uh, but, you know, to sort of push this towards the defensive line, it's really hard. The Bills have not done a good job putting things in front of them to give them a true evaluation, like a real true one tech that can keep blockers off of them, allow him to play free. You know, all that stuff matters too, Derek. And I, I hope to see them give that to him here so that we can get a true evaluation of him to see if the contract's worth it going forward. But I, I do think he's at least earned the conversation with Brandon Bean to get a contract extension done. I, I will say this though, if I'm if I'm his agent, and this is where we're gonna, this is where we eventually part ways on our middle ground here, right. Aaron. I realistically don't think he's part of the future because if I'm his, his agent, I look at he's super young for free agency. He has a lot yeah. of experience. Somebody's gonna overpay for his talents, and yeah. I don't think that the Bills realistically are going to have that evaluation period of time to be like okay, maybe we can't extend him because he's going to price himself out. And it's not anything that he has done or not done. It is going to strictly be, he's young, he's hitting free agency, team loves captain of a defense, is willing to pay 15 a year for him. And to mm-hmm. me, big old no thanks. That's for pretty much any Bills fan. Big old no thanks yeah. because that's a lot of money to tie up. Maybe I'm exaggerating on the cap number in itself, but free agency does uh, allow for some contracts that can be laughed at. And I think not necessarily the player's fault. And there's a lot of bad GMs out there, yeah. And it's not not Edmonds' fault that someone might drink the stupid juice 
and hand him money that he doesn't deserve. So, sure. but good on his agent, good on him. But I don't think the Bills will have him in the long term. So I do think that linebacker will, either it be starting this year or next year, maybe Bean has the foresight, um, they will be looking at a new little middle linebacker as well as a prospective draft candidate. Yeah, it's going to be tight. I do think you're right that the value for him, if he hits free agency, is probably higher than the Bills want to get him back at. So it's going to be a matter of what the player wants. Um, I do. I still do believe in the culture and what they're building here in Buffalo. I don't. At the end of the day, I can't stop a guy from getting his money. You know, that's the conversation I have about Levi Wallace. If the spot track number on Levi Wallace is accurate, which I don't believe it is, but if it is, congratulations, Levi. Like, go get your money. You know, you only get a couple chances to do that in the NFL. So I don't know what Tremaine wants, but you're right. You listen to the way other coaches talk about him. Robert Sala, Bill Belichick. These guys are smart defensive guys, and the way they talk about him. I guarantee you if he hits free agency, there's going to be defensive coaches and defensive-minded head coaches that are going to their GM's office saying, hey, go ahead and overpay that guy. That's the kind of guy we want here. So, uh, you know, and that's why I'd love to get an extension done before he has a uh, successful season here. But you're right, the agent might be telling him, hey, just hold tight, play great, and then we can get big money in free agency. Zach is seeing me freak out right now, by the way, because I never looked at the – market value projection of levi wallace <laughs> it's, it's silly it's, it's silly. there's no way there's no way for those that don't know um 9.6 million and again if he yeah. gets that good for him like you just said yeah um but i'm yeah, now an undrafted free agent <laughs> that worked his way onto the team congratulations levi, I, I yeah at that point obviously that's not gonna happen i am standing up right now i left my chair when when this happened like as i'm just like looking at this freaking out like oh good god that like sorry um uh, Nice knowing he has a bill, Levi, but uh, go get that back. Yeah. yeah, right. Aaron. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it's 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 very weird. It, I, I mean, I oh, man, I was not ready for that. You, here you are opening my eyes here this morning. Aaron, let the good people know, if they're not following you already, first off, they're messing up. Uh, that's my words, not yours, but you could say that too if you want. Um, let the good people know where to find your work. Yeah. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Aaron Quinn 716 uh, Every single Wednesday, Greg and I, Greg Thompson, who everybody I'm sure knows and follows, uh, you can find us doing our show on YouTube at the Cover One YouTube channel. So subscribe over there and make sure you're following all the guys at Cover One. We're really real proud of the team that we built over there. We've got new sh- uh, shows coming in all the time. We've got to show them up every night of the week for you. So make sure you're following all the great content contributors that cover one and we're always growing that so stay tuned make sure you're following the main account uh real proud of what we're doing over there yeah and most of those like your guys not only are you knowledgeable you're also fun to talk to uh fun to interact with every one of you guys interacts with the fan base on twitter for better or for worse uh but you know again if you're not following aaron already make sure you do it uh if you're not Appreciate watching that. what they're doing over there cover one make sure you are because i mean here i am i'm just the bumbling buffoon who stood up out of his chair because i saw a number on a screen um so uh so make sure you're following aaron and the guys at cover one because they do a great job with everything when it comes to breakdowns when it comes to projections shows anything of the sort these guys they really do it all so, Aaron, thank you for taking the time, not just being on with Mike and Chris this week, but now joining us uh, this afternoon, this morning into the afternoon as well. So thank you. Anytime, man. Appreciate the invite. And, uh, have a great rest of your weekend, bud. All right. You too, Aaron. So that's Aaron Quinn, cover one. 
talking some bills, mostly free agency, and we will turn a little bit to the guy sitting across from me in the glass in the next segment because Zach Jones has become quite the uh, draft junkie, and we're going to riff a little bit about not just free agency, but the draft and our eye on the bills as they go through the 2022 NFL draft, what they need, what you like, what he likes, what I might like. If you hate it, now's the time. 716-803-0550. If you took umbrage with anything that Aaron and I said or anything that Zach and I are about to say on the next segment right here on Sports Talk Saturday on WGR. never hurts to have another receiver because certainly you want to have a redundancy plan in a couple years you know Stefan Diggs will be a little bit on the be a little bit older and older players especially guys who rely on quick twitch ability to run great routes when they get hurt you see where those offenses can struggle living down here in Atlanta I've been covering Atlanta for many years and watched Matt Ryan in his window with Roddy White and Julio Jones and Roddy White was type of player who was one of the best route runners in the league. He was a guy that Matt Ryan could lean on against tight coverage, sometimes even two men covering him on third and 17 and get the 18 yards that he needed on a regular basis. And when Roddy White started to get the high ankle sprains, you could see it just derailed the offense. That was Matt Waldman, rookie scouting profile, talking about the Bills at wide receiver and possibly needing a little bit of insurance at the receiver position in case one Stephon Diggs suffers some form of an injury, which I certainly hope never we never have to broach that subject. But there's a good point there to be made, which is make the receiver's room stronger. Simply just because. For all the reasons. And we had mentioned it with Aaron Quinn of Cover One, who joined us on the last segment, and you'll be able to hear that either using your Rewind feature on the Odyssey app, or you can check it out on the website at WGR550.com in on-demand audio. And Zach will have that up in a little bit so that we can have all of the Bills coverage from Aaron that he gave us in that last segment. This is Sports Talk Saturday. Derek Kramer, Zach Jones, we're with you here. No Nate for the day as he's out in Pittsburgh. Hopefully he's doing something. Zach, if you had to still go to a hotel room because it's not refundable, what would you do with your time? Like, how are you, like... Do you just sit in that room and like and like make the most of the money of the hotel room because of the fact that you had to be petty and drive all the way out there just to not sink in that money, or do you actually go and do something? Like, I don't. What is the real plan there? If you ha- like, if we're in Nate's situation, I don't know what I would do. I think it depends on the hotel. Like, are you at like a big five star? There's pools everywhere. You know, gorgeous hotel. I like you know a lot like Vegas hotels where it's just it's kind of an adventure of itself. Nate's bougie like that. He's bougie. He's in <laughs> Pittsburgh though, and I will tell you with Pittsburgh, I'm, I'm the food scene. I'm traveling the city. I'm gonna get some food that I can't necessarily get up here. I haven't been to Pittsburgh in a long time. There's some food spots I want to go to. I'd have no problem with my plans being canceled and having to do that. I'm all for it. There you go. Um, so. Back to the Bills, though, with the receivers. And one of the things that Aaron said in the last segment with us, though, was 
a good team should always want to keep building the receiver in the corner room. And this is no different. A lot of the uh, attention that we're getting when it comes to Bill's draft prospects in the first round, uh, there's a name I keep hearing. Mainly it's because I'm friends with Zach, and I work with him. And other people are saying his name too, and that's one uh, Chris Olave from Ohio State. So wide receiver is not only a fun thing to project to a team that has a high-flying offense, but it's also possibly a low-key need when it comes to the future. Aaron and I, we talked about Cole Beasley and his status. Um, He is very good at what he does. Probably one of the best to do it when it comes to being one of the best third down or and short receivers that there is. You find that hole, you get open, you sit there, and you get that first down. You keep moving the chains, and that's a valuable asset to have. And like Aaron, I agree. If he does take a pay cut, I do agree that he is still the man for the job. But if he doesn't and he wants a little bit more money or he's a little annoyed about how everything was covered for him for over the last year, uh, he may very well bulk at the prospect of a pay cut. See it as a sign of disrespect. No, no, not the guy that burned his bridge on his way out of Dallas. Huh. So I'm I'm bracing for that prospect to happen. I'm bracing for Cole Beasley to be like, no, I'm not taking this pay cut. Why? Because you always have to think about these sorts of things when it comes to receiver depth. And they need all of it that they can get, not just based on how this league runs. It is also based on how this team runs, which is not running a lot. They throw it. All right, Zach, you ready? I'm ready, yeah. All right. I got you primed up. I I, I bought enough time for you. Blabbering on. I'm ready. So, I need you to hit me with your favorites when it comes to the receivers in this draft class, starting with round one, obviously because that's the one that mock drafts and projections usually go to, and then they stop uh, because it's popular to think about round one. I know you've mentioned Chris Olave from Ohio State. And he is exactly one of those fun tools that you could have. Separation skills are on point, something that this Bills offense loves. Uh, I think like probably in the most simplest verm, uh, term you can kind of put it in, Chris Olave is the best route runner in the draft class. I think full stop, He is that's, that's his elite sort of, I guess, game plan. But for the Bills, that's exactly what they want. I mean, they want good route runners. Stephon Diggs is one of the best in the NFL. Olave... I, I, you know, honestly, I would say both him and his wide receiver mate at Ohio State, Garrett Wilson, are sort of Stephon Diggs clones, and I think the Bills could do absolutely worse than that. I think that's phenomenal if you could have something like that. Uh, Olave, though, the reason why I'm such a fan of his is he's been productive since day one, and he's gone through two quarterbacks at Ohio State, and he's and he stayed that course, and you and you add a little bit of size. He's six one. He's about about one ninety. And that's good. I mean, Gabe Davis is sort of your only real, I don't even want to say stocky receiver, but he's about 6'2", I think 210, 200 pounds. And you want to add a little bit of size there. But also, Olave is probably going to run around a low 4'4", high 4'3", at the, at the combine this week. I mean, that's, I mean that's, that's the kind of speed Bills fans want. I mean, that's kind of what you need on this offense. I mean, look at the team that you've failed to beat in the playoffs the last two years. Exactly. I mean, he's not going to be Tyreek Hill fast. There's another receiver we're going to talk about in a second. We mentioned him with... Uh, Aaron Quinn just a, a few minutes ago. 
But that's sort of speed that like will help the offense. I think one big thing we're looking for in the offense, I know a lot of people have, have been clamoring for it, is yak. There's there's really no yards after catch for this yes. offense. Josh is essentially doing everything, including the receivers getting open, but it's really catch and you're getting and you're getting tackled. There's very little room for Or you're in the end zone. Or you're in the end zone. There's very little room for, oh, the field is wide open, I'm gonna go. Uh Stefan Diggs is probably the best at this. But I think that's a lot more of just Stephon Diggs' ability rather than the offense scheming around it. I, I would love for us to get a guy I, – I don't even want to say a guy, just to more fix the system to kind of allow for that, to make it a little easier, to make it where you know Allen and the receivers aren't having to do everything perfect every single time. Yeah, and you mentioned the yards after catch. Despite the talent that this receiver room had last year when you had Stephon Diggs, Emmanuel Sanders, Cole Beasley, Gabe Davis – and then Isaiah McKenzie having himself a nice couple games. Dawson Knox emerging as probably one of the better starting tight ends in the entire National Football League. Devin Singletary is a very solid receiving back. And yet, yards after catch was something lacking. Maybe part of that is Allen's velocity and his willingness to throw into tight windows. But another part of that is you do need a guy that specializes in that. So that's where I think I'm with you on that. If Olave is able to get you some yards after catch, able to get you that speed, and it's not about being the fastest player. You mentioned the Tyreek Hill thing. It's about having a whole team willing to go into a track meet. I mean, ex- exactly. And, and when Kansas the City... The more players yeah. you have that are capable of doing mm-hmm. that, the better off you're going to be. And I might even say the more favorable refs are going to be with you. I would agree with that. I, I would agree with that. But I mean, like... It, it sort of has become an arms race in the AFC where, you know, L.A. is going to be doing this with the Chargers. Kansas City just, I mean, they should continue to keep reloading. I do imagine they're going to try to bring back, bring back Pringle. Baltimore even has sort of tried to add these speedsters. Uh, Hollywood Brown a few years ago. Uh, Sammy Watkins they brought in from free agency. I mean, they're trying to do it as well. I think the Bills would just be, it would, it would be malpractice to not keep the cookie jar full. Especially when Allen is such a good quarterback. And we've seen he can make it work with some of his top guys down the New England the New England game this year. It's probably the prime example of that. Both Gabriel Davis and Cole Beasley were out. And him and Isaiah McKenzie put up a near perfect game, only to be topped later in the playoffs with By the perfect an actual game. perfect game. <laughs> but I think another receiver they could look at in the first round, and I and I've seen a few times he's been mocked there, is Jahan Johnson uh, uh, Dotson from Penn State. He legitimately might be the fastest guy of the first round group. My fear with him is size a little bit. He's under six foot, and and that could be a little bit of an issue. And I I, I don't know if I'd necessarily say he's a sort of do it all guy, kind of like a McKenzie has been in this offense, where you just you get get him the ball and let him go. I look at that more as a Calvin Austin out of Memphis, who I, I mentioned with Aaron Quinn. Yep, he's the kind of guy I in uh, full stop. I would absolutely resign Isaiah McKenzie. I think you can put him yeah. as sort of an idea of the slot receiver. I'm actually much more of the sign Isaiah McKenzie back, and have people rotate. Have Stephon Diggs play a little bit of the slot. Have Isaiah McKenzie play a little bit of the slot. If you draft Calvin Austin, have him play a little bit in the slot and get him going out of the backfield and doing all this kind of stuff. The more speed this team has with the added addition of Josh Allen and, and, and being terrified of him running or throwing, it just it allows for even if the offensive line isn't playing great that day, there's so much speed, there's so much separation, it almost doesn't matter. Or it, it's, it's very much decreased. I mean, we saw that with Cincinnati with how good their receivers were. Their O-line was not great. Joe Burrow was still sacked, what, 70-plus times this year? He was sacked nine times and seven times in two playoff games. And it barely mattered. Because they were in yeah. or won those games. Yeah, I mean, they were still able to put up points. They were still able to get the ball out quick. 
because their guys were fast and were getting open. And I think that's that's an incredibly crucial part to this offense. Look, you're probably not going to be able to get that stud guard that you want in the draft. Guard especially, it's either going to be a really, really early first-round pick because it's a, you know... Those players do also take time to develop. Exactly. Wyatt Teller, a guy who in Buffalo still wasn't able to crack the roster in time and then gets traded to Cleveland, the right opportunity flourishes into one of the top interior linemen in the league. So, and that's not an indictment on the Bills and their scouting staff. It's just sometimes those players take time. And looking, again, like you said, you want to keep that cookie jar full. Why? Because your quarterback eats. Well, and, and, that, and that's my thing. I mean, this is why you look back. Let's, let's just look, you know, 10 years prior, the, the Indianapolis Colts. Yes. They, they, I mean, they kept that thing turning with Manning. Harrison, Wayne, yes. Stokely. Uh, and then you get T.Y. Hilton in there. You, just, you, you just, keep that going. going. With, with the Packers, I think, to a lesser extent, but they still kept it going by drafting Devontae Adams and, and make sure Rodgers always has that guy he can go to. Yeah, because Rodgers had mm-hmm. Driver. Jennings was the next number one guy. Exactly. And then Adams was the number one guy. They do make sure that they keep that sort of thing going. Yep. And you're absolutely right. The more you can rotate in and get players in there – and I'm not saying the Bills should move on from Stephon Diggs. The man is a damn gem of not just a receiver, but a person. Oh, absolutely. Love this man at this point. Uh, get that man a key. To, get that receiver a key to the city. He gave him the wrong one. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, you have to keep going. The NFL yep. is unfortunately a cruel business. And the thing is, it, like you said, if you can keep restocking and keep using and keep getting bonuses from other players in production, that's key. 803-0550-1888-552-550. I want to make sure that we have all three segments to the hour, uh, unlike someone that's in Pittsburgh. Uh, so we're going to take a break, come back, and then at 12, we shift to hockey. As Anthony Scandra of Expected Buffalo joins us on at the 12 o'clock hour, right here on WGR. We executed, we were sharper, we were, we were much better. Um and gave ourselves a chance to, to at least get a point out of that game, and maybe we deserved more, but we just couldn't get it done. Uh, just costly, simple mistakes that uh, shouldn't happen. Unfortunately, they happen. You got to learn from. Them. You got to. You got to. They got to make you better. They got to make you stronger. But... Sabres head coach Don Granado has the Sabres fell last night five to three to the St. Louis Blues. A similar score to another top team that they faced last weekend in Colorado when they lost 5-3 as well, but they looked like a good team that night too. It's weird, or that afternoon when they played the Avalanche. But last night they looked like a good team against the Blues, and it's like, how do you go ahead and put up a 4 nothing stinker against the Canadians and then show up against the Blues and go, nah, we're going to make things actually look good. Um, this team is frustrating, even though there's no expectations on them. Uh, so guess what? I'm going to get a professional in on this. I may, maybe, I don't know. We'll see what he thinks about that, uh, opinion. Anthony Scandra of Expected Buffalo joins us on the other side here. This is Sports Talk Center. Derek Kramer, Zach Jones, we're hanging out with you for another two hours right here on WGR.